0: Psalm 23. We looked at Psalm 22, at least we looked at the first few words of it Sunday. And, and we're not going to go through it again in great detail because we did just go through it around Easter. Uh, again, that is online if you want to go back and go in a little more depth of Psalm 22. You can, you can find that. Uh, but we are going to move along to Psalm 23 tonight. And, you know, as I was studying this psalm, I remember it being a lot longer in third grade whenever I had to memorize it for Miss catherine 's class. I remember we had to, every student, we had to memorize the 23rd Psalm, and I remember when she handed that piece of paper, that was the longest passage of Scripture I had ever seen in my life. And then I was reading through it, and I was thinking, wait a minute, is there, is there more? Because this, it seemed longer than that, but but uh, I would say, I, I don't know of, of any way to to, to know the answer to this, but I would say that Psalm 23 is probably one of the most well-known psalms, if not the most well-known psalm. I would say that that many of us in here have, have probably uh, had an experience similar to mine. That is, you were you were probably exposed to it uh, at a very young age, and and I love the 23rd psalm because it is so simple. And there are some scriptures that are just good. There are some scriptures that that I sometimes I just read through and I'm like. There's nothing I can say better than what God's Word says. Or sometimes I think maybe I just need to get up there and read and, and keep my mouth shut because there are some scriptures that are, just, that are just good. And this is one of those scriptures that just, it, it made me happy to read it. And, and I'm, it's one of those that no matter how many hundreds of times that I have read it or heard it, it still speaks to me just as much today when I read it as it ever has. And what other book is there in this world? What other poem is there in this world? Anything else that you can read that has that impact on you time after time, after time after time? And for me, I could not think of anything now there There are plenty of, of, of good quotes that I remember that that come to my mind, but but they don't have the impact on us like God's Word does, because these words help us to realize what's going on. They they move our soul, our spirit uh, rejoices, or should, when we hear words like these that that point us toward Jesus Christ and the Good Shepherd that He is. So, let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these good words, and I pray that you just bless the reading of them tonight. I pray that we that we get something out of it. God, help us to keep it simple. Help me not to overdo it. Help me not to miss the point. And God, help us to see your love and your grace and your mercy and just rejoice in Jesus as our good shepherd. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as as I live. Now that's good stuff right there. And and, and, and it kind of helps uh, put it in perspective. When David is writing these words, David was a shepherd. So David knows what that relationship that that shepherd sheep relationship, he knows what that is all about. He knows what it's like to be a sheep. He knows that sheep probably aren't that terribly smart. They, they pretty much depend on somebody to get them where they need to be, to get them to a safe place, to make sure that they are provided for, and to make sure that there is not an enemy who is going to come and devour them. And David understood that. He understood that the shepherd was the most important thing for the sheep. He understood that without a good shepherd, if he wasn't a good shepherd to his sheep, he would lose his sheep. They would die. And he understood that without God being his good shepherd, that he would be hopeless and that he would be helpless. Now, I don't know if anybody in here has ever been a shepherd or not. Maybe you have at some point in time in your life, but Whether we've served uh, that position or not, it doesn't matter. We understand what David is saying here. We understand uh, the importance of what's going on. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. Our King James says, I shall not want. And I've said this before. Y'all have heard me say this. You know, for years I didn't know what that meant when it said I shall not want. I did not understand when it said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I couldn't figure out why I didn't want the Lord. And the only reason why I bring that up is because maybe some of you have heard that and you you uh, have misunderstood what David is saying. But I like the language, at least in this part of the verse, and uh, that this translation uses and some others. And that is that there is nothing that we lack. It helps us to get what's going on there. The Lord is our shepherd. That is, David. David. David says, the Lord is everything to me. The Lord provides for me. The Lord takes me to good places. The Lord gives me what I need. The Lord protects me. There is nothing else in this world that I need. I lack nothing. I want for nothing. David got it. How did God provide for him? He said, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life or he restores my soul. That's good stuff. Just these, this just first little bit. This is all we're going to look at tonight. we may a look at some more either uh, later. But just this first little bit is just so chock full of good stuff. And David got it. David knew. We've seen all kind of things throughout the first of Psalm. Hard times that David experienced. But here throughout all those hard times, we see kind of a, a, a psalm of peace and joy and, and relaxation. Or at least that's kind of the, uh, what, what happens to me when I read it. That's kind of the spirit that, that fills me as he walks through that darkest valley, that valley of the shadow of death. He fears no evil. There's a, there's a sense of peace and joy that David conveys through the words and the illustrations that he uses here. And, and this, this idea of shepherds is, is all throughout the Bible. If you go and you read in Ezekiel chapter 34, you read about some bad shepherds. Let me read those verses to you tonight. Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 5 and 6 say this. Now this is speaking of uh, the leaders that God had put in place over the people of Israel. That is the priests, the ones who were supposed to be taking care of the people, meeting their needs, watching over them, and they were not doing that. Instead, they were selfish. They were, they were only concerned about their self. They weren't concerned about the people whom God had put into their possession to watch over and take care of while they were doing their work. Ezekiel 34, verses 5 and 6 say this. They were scattered for lack of a shepherd, that is, God's people. They were shattered for lack of a shepherd. They became food for all the wild animals. When they were scattered, my flock went astray on all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole face of the earth, and there was no one searching or seeking for them. And that that kind of really puts it into perspective in the context. He's talking about his people back then, but that really kind of puts into context our need for a shepherd today because essentially we're kind of in the same boat as what the people of, of Israel were back then. That is, they needed a good shepherd, a shepherd who would come and provide every need for them in every way and take care of them and love them and keep them safe from the enemy and give them green pastures and give them still waters to lay beside, all of those things they needed. And God said there was nobody seeking for them. There were no shepherds that were searching for them. There were no shepherds that, 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 that cared about them. There were no shepherds that could fulfill their needs. We see he was was pointing us forward toward Jesus, even in those verses. All those verses we see about shepherds in Ezekiel and other parts of the Bible, we see it here in Psalms and then lo and behold, how is Jesus referred to in John chapter 10? Jesus is referred to as the good shepherd. I can't help but think that the people who would have heard Jesus telling uh, that parable and referring to himself as the good shepherd, I just wonder if they thought back to David's words here. I just wonder if they thought back to Ezekiel's words and their ancestors and thought, hmm, remember that verse that says there was no shepherd that was seeking and caring for us? And here was David, uh, Jesus, doing just exactly what none of the shepherds of Israel's day were doing. Jesus came seeking and searching for the lost sheep. That's good stuff right there. That's good stuff that Jesus fulfills that role as a good shepherd. That's good stuff that Jesus gives us greener pastures. You want me to tell you one of the the biggest lies that Satan tells us? You want to know what one of the biggest lies that Satan tells us is? The grass is greener on the other side of the fence. That's one of the biggest lies that Satan tells us. And you say, well, how do you know that? I know that because we make statements like this. If I just had this, if I just lived here, if I just had this job, if I just could get this thing, you know why we say that? Because we think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Because we look at everybody else in the world and we say, they got it made. If I was just a school teacher, boy, they got it easy. They don't. They get off, off holidays. They get off three months in the summer. They got it. If I was just a preacher, all he's got to do is stand up there for 30 minutes a couple times a week, got it made. If I was just a journalist, all I got to do is go and take pictures of stories and go to all these cool places. If I was just a lawyer, if I was just this, if I was just that, if I, whatever it is, there's all these things when we look at everybody else and think, boy, if I was just, they got it made. But you know what? They don't have it made. I figured that out a few years ago. I figured that out. I said, you know what? Everything is hard. There is no easy job. Nobody's got it made. And there's nothing that's going to make us happy. (laughs) Guess what? The grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. If the grass you're going to is a higher position, a better job, more time off, more money, this, that, or the other, I'm going to tell you, when you get there, you're not going to be happy. Because the grass that you're being led to, you're being led to by the enemy. And that grass is as nasty and dying and unsatisfying as the grass you're eating right now. But guess what? Guess who wants to give us good grass? Guess who can lead us to green pastures? Guess where the grass is greener on the other side of the fence? The pastures where Jesus leads us to. If you're not happy with where you are, if you want more, you don't need a better position. You don't need more money. You don't need more stuff. You need more Jesus. Because you're trying to find satisfaction in greener pastures and stuff that can't get you there. You're being led by a false shepherd. One who may sound like the shepherd, but if you listen closely, if you pray to God and say, God, help me discern the shepherd's voice, you'll hear clearly, that's not the good shepherd because he's leading me to paths of sin. He's leading me to things that make me want 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 and make me never have satisfaction. That's not the good shepherd. We pray and say, "God, help me to hear the shepherd's voice." And the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And how do we know we're following the shepherd's voice? Because we feel what David felt. We feel peace. We feel joy. We feel satisfied. We feel comfortable. We can lay down and sleep in peace at night by side still waters. We can go through the darkest times in life and we can still smile and say, I'm, I'm feeling good. Why? Because the good shepherd is with us. Because the good shepherd is fulfilling our needs. Because the good shepherd is bringing us to a safe place. Because the good shepherd is giving us eternal water that can fill every thirst that we ever have and had had to be quenched. Because the good shepherd has laid down his life for us. Old Testament was full of bad shepherds and God punished them. Boy, that hit me close to home. Because God revealed some stuff to me and I said, you know what? I could do some better as, as, as a shepherd of you guys. There are some areas where I need to do better. Boy, those verses convicted me. I hated to even read them. I, didn't even, I read the first verse of Ezekiel 34 and I started reading down through there and I said, oh no. And God was working with me. God's Word is so good like that. Golly. Ain't that something? That you don't want to read it, but you do want to read it. Like you don't want to read it because you know you... You you don't want to hear it, but you read it because you know you need to hear it. That's what God's Word is. One more verse I want to read to you. John chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me as the Father knows me. And I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. Let's pray. God, we come to you now and we thank you for these good words and I thank you for for what David wrote and I thank you for the encouragement that comes in that. God, I thank you for Jesus for being our good shepherd and I pray, God, that you help us to hear his voice. I pray that you help us to clearly discern and know, dear Lord God, what you call us to. God, help us not to give in to that lie that the grass is greener on the other side of the pasture, dear Lord, just by seeking worldly stuff, but God, help us to seek you. God, if, if we're looking for green grass, if we're just in a, in a spot where we're just not getting fulfilled and, and sustained the way we need to be, dear Lord, help us to look to you, Lord Jesus. Help us to hear your voice and to follow you, that you would lead us into, into better places, God, that we would be content and satisfied with you, so that we can experience the same peace and joy and comfort that David felt tonight. God, I just pray that over this group that's here. I pray that you'd help them to feel your presence. I pray that they would just feel a spirit of peace tonight, that maybe they're struggling, maybe they're burdened, maybe they're worried, maybe they're stressed or whatever it is. I pray that you take that from them tonight. I pray that they would go home tonight and lay down and sleep so good, dear Lord, just in your comfort, knowing that you are watching over them that the enemy cannot destroy them, that the enemy cannot snatch them away. So God, I pray that you just take care of this group here tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen.